welcome to this, the fourth episode of Those Who Write Read, with me, Faith Ribbons. Today's a very exciting episode because I have a guest with me today. But before we jump into that, let me just extend to you all a very happy new year, wishing you a great 2019 ahead with lots of amazing opportunities and lots of love and hope and joy. So today I'm going to be talking about my most anticipated releases for 2019. But to talk about them with me today is my sister, Chelsea, who works with me on Inky Squid and who is my story consultant. Story consultant, <laughs> but also my soulmate in writing, we shall say. We both love writing, whether it's through film or through novels, and we help each other out, and it's quite a wonderful relationship. Indeed it is. Okay, so we will move on then right into our most anticipated releases of 2019, and because Chelsea is a movie lover, as am I, and because we do films and books, we'll be talking about releases coming up this year for both films and books. We'll start with books because I think I have more of those and you have less of those, and then movies are a bit more even. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so I'll start. I've divided mine into factions because... You're organized. (laughs) But because you only have four books and I have like 13. That's true. And so I'll start by talking about some fantasy sequels that I'm very excited for this year. Okay. Uh, first up is Winter the Witch, which comes, out, which comes out tomorrow. Today is January 7th and we're recording, so if this is up by today, then it'll be tomorrow. If not, it's today. Anyway, it comes out January 8th and it's the final book in Catherine Arden's trilogy, The Bear and the Nightingale, which takes Russian mythology. Um, story of Vasilisa and makes it into a beautiful lush world set in a Russia that is not perhaps the Russia we know but it is also a Russia that's recognizable and it's a bit of historical fantasy with a great love story at its core and so much magic and it's just wonderful and I'm very excited to read the last book in the series that will be also very sad to see it go away and I know a lot of people are also in love with this series so I think it's going to be a top read this year. Another one is Children of Virtue and Vengeance by Tomi Adeyemi. So this is her follow-up to Children of Blood and Bone, which was such a big hit last year. Yeah. Uh, it was her debut novel, and she already has a movie deal set up, uh, which is pretty incredible. But it came at the right time with a very unique story that you don't often see, uh, delving into African mythology. And her follow-up is coming out this year. I'm not sure the date. Give us a sec. So it comes out March 5th, 2019, so that's not too far away. Uh, And the other sequel that I'm very excited for is Dark Dawn by Jay Kristoff, which was supposed to come out last year, but it was pushed back, and I I do believe it's coming out in September or October this year, sometime in the fall. And this is the third book in the Nevernight series, which is a very grim, dark book that uh, follows a lot of... that follows a girl named Mia who's gone from an academy of uh, sorcerers and assassins to Colosseum like Roman fighting gladiator style and who knows where her adventure is taking her next but there's sure to be lots of blood and sex so let's <laughs> so lots of fun there. Yeah you really enjoy Jake Kristoff I think you, you talk about him often I think his books. I do um I rather I've only read his Nevernight series they haven't read Illuminate that he co-wrote with Amy Kaufman hmm. or his uh he has a series that's based off Japanese culture. I know okay. one of them is called Ensing, or I can't remember what the first book's called, but it is on my list. Um, yeah, I enjoy his writing. It reminds me a bit of George R. R. Martin 
in terms of the, the darkness of it and right. the, the grittiness of it, but also um, there's all, obviously a lot more magic written into it, and it's sort of like a dark Harry Potter, at least the first one is. Anyway, it's a really great series, <laughs> and I'm excited for the next one. And last up is Dragon Republic, and this is also a follow-up to a debut from last year by R.F. Kuang, uh, and her first book was The Poppy War. And it was very critically acclaimed last year, and uh, with um, good reason. It's also based in a sort of Chinese uh, culture where there's been uh, a war that's led to a lot of devastation and uh, the destruction of an entire race. And it follows a young girl who manages to score the highest in uh, a military um, uh, a military test, and for that is accepted into a military academy, where she learns about the dark gods in her world, and really goes on a very interesting character arc. She almost becomes somewhat of an anti-heroine by the end of it. It's uh, it's a really great read and with lots of magic in it, but also a really good uh, story for moral characters and gray areas and the things we do to win wars. And the sequel, Dragon Republic, is coming out this year, and I'm very excited for that. Okay, what's first up on your list, Chelsea, now that I've exhausted everyone? Um, okay, well, I'm not as, uh, I don't stay as up to date with uh, book releases as you do. I'm more so informed on, on uh, film releases. But, uh, so I did a quick search in uh, some genres that I, I read more frequently. Um, so I found this fantasy book uh, called The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon, who I think you have read her yes, books? Yes, well, I've read two of her books so far. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it seems to be this kind of like matriarchal fantasy uh, adventure book, and it also has a lovely cover, and I am very visual, so uh, so it appealed to me. And uh, what else do I have? I well, do one at a time because you only have four, so I split it up so that. Oh, you split. Can... Oh, that wasn't your whole list. No, <laughs> oh, no okay. I split it up so that. I see. I see. It. Well, that's my fantasy pick: "The Priory of the Orange Tree" by Samantha Shannon. And to jump on that, mm-hmm. uh, I have read. I've read the first two books in the Bone Season right. series, which is supposed to be seven books. Uh, it's supposed to be a seven book series, and she also was very young when she got picked up by her literary agent and has seven book deal signed on. But I've heard a lot about this book, The uh, the Priory of the Orange Tree, yeah. and I think it's been a real labor of love for her, Yeah, and it sounds like such an epic fantasy, like the well, epic fantasy that you don't really... Yeah, that's why it appealed to me. I was just reading through the synopsis, and, and it seems like she has a, puts a lot of care into world building, yeah. and I really appreciate uh, when authors um, pay attention to richness and their world building, so yeah, that's that's one of the reasons it appealed to me. Agreed. Okay, so I'll go and finish up my sequels I'm excited for this year. Uh, they are, well, we'll call them science fiction, but one of them is, well, it probably would be considered science fiction, but it's, it's more um, dystopian, I guess. But that falls under sci-fi, as far as, I'm, as far as I'm concerned. So one of them is Children of Ruin by Adrian Tchaikovsky, which I did not know was coming out. I only found this out recently. I listened to Children of Time on audiobook last year and absolutely adored it, which is very weird because I haven't read that much science fiction in general. But I thought that the world building was really fascinating and just the way he... The story is it follows one part of the human race that's escaped a dying earth to go resettle. And a group of genetically modified spiders, which was an experiment gone wrong. So Fun! 
I know. So for anyone who loves spiders, <laughs> if you're a bit eek, eek, eek when it comes to spiders, you might want to stay away from this because it gets very detailed with certain things. Even I, I got very squeamish at points. But it's still a really great book because it sort of follows the decline of the human empire and the rise of the spider empire and the mm -hmm. juxtapos juxtaposition of the two was really fascinating. And I really didn't think there was going to be a sequel. I had no knowledge of this, but now I found out that there is, and I'm super excited to see what he's going to do next. Cool. Uh, and then this last sequel that I'm excited for is The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. Oh, Handmaid's is, Tale. Yeah, followed yeah. by Handmaid's Tale. And I, Chelsea and I both read The Handmaid's yes. Tale at, uh, in high, high school. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm really intrigued. I don't know if I'm excited, but I'm definitely intrigued to find out what Margaret Atwood is going yeah, to do. Yeah, I, I always get worried when there's such a passage of time between books. Yeah. You know, like you you wonder why, like what was the reason for it? Yeah. You know, I imagine it's following on the success of the, the adaptation, oh, the TV adaptation, and just hopefully she can preserve that, yeah. that magic that was part of the uh, original book. We shall see. Yes, I, I think, I, if I remember correctly, it's not based in any way, shape, or form on the way the narrative is uh, developed in the TV series. Okay. So it takes place quite a few years after, maybe, I feel like I remember 30 years, but I could be wrong. And She's building off the, the book. She's building off the book, maybe not this characters we saw in the book, mm -hmm. but the world itself. Right. So it'll definitely, like I said, be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. So what's next up for you? Oh, Kidoks. So I think the rest of my books... Oh, actually, no. I have one that's a historical thriller. I'm a big fan of historical fiction. Are you? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, and this one is called Blood and Sugar by Laura Shepard Robinson. I believe... Is it a de debut novel? I'm not sure. Yes, I think it's a debut novel. Um, and, uh, yeah, it takes place in 1781. Uh, it's... Uh, and it's just this uh, mystery thriller about uh, a friend who disappears and, uh, you know, conspiracies and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it should be good. Sounds I'm interested. Yeah. I, um... I feel like I'm not as well informed as you are. I just read the synopsis, and if it's interesting, I throw oh, it out there. I think a lot of people do that. I, I yeah. read a lot because I buy too many books, yeah. and they all pile up. Yeah. And if I don't read them, they're going to swallow me whole. So I read a lot of books, and I'm... I guess I'm just more, um, uh, I'm more present on, like, Bookstagram, where I find all these books that I love, and Twitter, yeah. the book community, so, but there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone reads at their own pace, and everyone has their level of, um, reading, and, uh, and what they like to read. I don't read enough historical or enough thrillers, but uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so I'll cover my debuts now, because you have two books left. I do, yes. Okay, so and this one was a debut. I'm okay. reading here now. It's a debut historical crime novel. Uh, so that sounds very good. Yes. Yeah, that sounds very good. Um, okay, so I have three debuts I want to talk about. Two of them are YA fantasies. Both are uh, based on different cultures and different mythologies. So the first is The Descendant of the Crane by Joan Wa, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm not sure, and if I butchered that, I'm very, very sorry. And... This one follows a young, a young woman whose father is the king of their their empire, and he dies, and she must now become queen. And it's about her uh, working through the conspiracies and the deceptions that 
come with court intrigue, and it sounds fantastic, and it's based in Chinese uh, mythology and Chinese history, and the cover is absolutely stunning. I'm going to show you a picture now. So I love a good see. cover. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not a lie when, when they say, you know, covers, it's, yeah. that's what draws you in. It's the first impression. It's so important. I think uh, there's been such a great trend, especially in YA literature, towards more diverse uh, mythology and cultures, mm. defining especially in fantasy. And I love how these covers embrace that, because a lot yeah. of times it can be like a whitewashing. And Definitely. The book art has to yeah. reflect the style of the book. Yeah. You know? So my next pick is The Tiger at Midnight by Swati Tirdala. And this one is based in Hindu mythology, and it follows a girl who moonlights as an assassin called the Viper. <laughs> and it follows her as she's looking for revenge on people who have destroyed her loved ones, and she's sort of a, a, a weapon for a, a rebellious group. And it also follows uh, a soldier named Kunal, and it's about how their two lives interconnect, and about the bonds that we make, and what can threaten to break them. So this one also sounds really fantastic. We're excited for it. And the last debut that I'm very excited for is a middle grade book. And you're going to be excited by this one, Chelsea. Tell me, tell me. Okay. So the author's name is Clarabel Ortega. If any of you are part of the book community on Twitter or Instagram, you'll know her very well. She is the host of a podcast called Write or Die. Uh, she's such a big part of the writing community on Twitter. And her book that's coming out this year is called Ghost Squad. And it's a middle grade book that is being pitched as Coco meets Stranger Things. I love it. So, Already. Yes. It's that, that alone should sell anyone because Coco and Stranger Things are both brilliant. And it uh, deals with the story from her own Dominican heritage and it's about a young girl who must protect the ghosts of her loved ones from evil spirits. So very excited for that Sounds one. good. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to read it again. Clarabel is such a great person, and if you're not following her on Twitter, you really should be, and her podcast is also awesome. You can buy the book, and I'll borrow it from you. <laughs> yes, that, that's often how it happens. Uh, so yes, that's Ghost Squad by Clarabel Ortega. Cool. All right, so okay, so next um, I have two books, uh, two horror novels, because that's the other genre that um, I read most frequently in. And the first book that I found is called Petra's Ghost by C.S.O. Schneid. Oh dear. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I have no idea. Ah, well, look at it. How okay. is it? It's, it's, it's an interesting oh, spelling. I see. Oshanade. Oshanade? Oh, I have no idea. We're very okay. sorry. We're bad at pronouncing hmm. people's names. Don't hate us. Uh, yeah, so it's Petra's Ghost by C.S.O. Schneid. I'm hoping that's how you say it. If not, uh, I apologize. Uh, so it's basically about a uh, a man who takes a uh, pilgrimage across northern Spain with his wife's ashes, and uh, he kind of joins up with this other young woman, and they find themselves being followed by a sinister presence um, along their way. Oh dear. So anyone who knows me knows I really enjoy the Spanish no, no I enjoy well that's true except me I do enjoy um stories that delve into the Spanish the landscape of Spain yeah. um and horror novels it's I like a that's why you like Guillermo del Toro yes I do like him very much uh the other book that I have is called The Toll by Sherry Priest her books are accumulating on my shelf and I have yet to read any I apologize Sherry Priest but uh, this one sounds interesting. It's kind of a, a couple who take a road trip 
um, through the states on this road uh, with six bridges. And they say if you're unlucky, you'll come across a seventh bridge. And so it's uh, it's kind of this, it's a novel about, along their way down this road, uh, the wife disappears. And uh, a trucker finds a husband alone uh, with a car. And uh, so it's oh this kind of horror mystery road trip uh, story. Yeah. Sheree awesome. Priest. So I know she has uh, quite a few books already. She does a lot of steampunk, I think, as yeah. well. I have three books on her shelf, yeah. on my shelf also. I have Bone Shaker, and then I have Maplecroft. Right. Is that the first book? I have two books in that series. The one is about Lizzie Borden. Yeah, she has a lot of steampunk yeah. and like steampunk gothic horror. So. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, starting to read some of her stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then I'll close off with just uh, these are not these are not sequels, not necessarily, and they're not debuts. They're just by some of my favorite authors. So the first one I have to mention is King of Scars by Lee Bardugo, which is coming out at the end of this month, and I'm super excited because it's following Nikolai, who's one of my favorite characters from our Grishaverse, and also Nina, so it's just going to be awesome. Everyone knows that. Yeah, Faith is a big fan of Six of Crows. I'm a huge fan of Six of Crows. And she talks about it all the time, so I'm sure you're very excited for, for the I, book. I love Lee Bardugo. I wasn't the biggest fan of her Grisha trilogy, I, I enjoyed it. It was good and it showed a lot of what her potential. But Six of Crows and uh, Crooked Kingdom are just brilliant. And I'm very excited to see what happens mm-hmm. to Nikolai in this book. Uh, the next one is Shades of Magic, Volume 1, Steel Prince. And this is a graphic novel that's coming from my beloved B. Schwab, who is another one of my favorite authors and can never do any wrong in my eyes. I will buy anything <laughs> and read anything by her. And this one is a sort of prequel to the Shades of Magic trilogy. And it follows Maxim Maresh, who will later become the uh, father of Rai and the adoptive father of Kel, and it follows his adventures. And I'm very excited for that too. I know that the actual issues have already come out, but the first collection of them in graphic novel form is releasing this year, so I'll be reading that. The next one is not a sequel either. Uh, it's just another book by the brilliant and talented Angie Thomas, who came out a few years ago with The Hate You Give, which has become such a major phenomenon. It really changed a lot of way, the way people thought about police violence in America and police brutality, and really was a, um, a book that spawned a lot of conversations. And her next book is coming out this year. It's called On the Come Up, and it's about a young girl named Bree, who dreams of becoming a rapper and it's really interesting because Angie Thomas herself used hip-hop as an art form early on in her life and that's how she got into storytelling and she wrote all the raps that are in this and all the songs mm-hmm. that are going to be found in this book and it seems like it's a really great read and I can't wait for it. Uh, and next is Internment by Samira Ahmed. I have not read any Samira Ahmed yet so this will be my first book that I probably read by her because I'm not sure if I'll have time to read anything else by her before it does come out. But it's really interesting, it's a near-future book set in America where Muslim Americans are put into internment camps. And it's about a young girl there who starts to lead a rebellion to change the way things are going. And this is obviously a very heavy-hitting book also, as it deals with a lot of fear that people have in America Mm. and with the certain administrations that are in there and the policies that they seem to be putting in place. And the rhetoric that they're using. So this one sounds really fantastic. Fantastic, and I'm excited to read it. I'm excited to read it. Uh, I, and I've heard great things about Samira. I know people, uh, her first book, oh no, 
it's love, hate, and other filters, I believe. And I know a lot of people talk very highly about that. So this one is sure to be just as brilliant. And my last book, before we get into movies, I'm so sorry it's taking so long because I have so many books, is The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. Ah, uh, yes. She's finally coming out with another Night book. Circus. Oh, I love The Night Circus. It's one of my favorite books. So magical, so whimsical, so very unique, and just, it's a, it's a hug in a book. And just takes you away to a different world and the romance and all oh, that's just beautiful and brilliant and the starless sea sounds really fascinating it's about a young boy who gets uh, discovers like an underground world and there's magic and i just can't wait i'm very excited for it so yeah that's the starless sea by erin morgan story okay chelsea yes shall we move to movies yes we shall okay <laughs> i think i have one more movie than you do that's fine. I'm sure we're going to cross over there. I'm so. sure we will. I'm going to go... This is the thing. I have a lot... Chelsea has all these uh, highly intelligent and profound movies. No, and not I at all. all. like the big blockbuster films listed. <laughs> not at all. So uh, I'm going to go sort of in order of release. So first up for me is the Lego Movie 2. Oh, it's true. I'm so excited for it. It's so we clever. We watched it together maybe yeah. two years ago now. You were really surprised by how wonderful it was. Yeah. And I heard so many good things about it, but I don't know. You start to think, a movie about Legos. Movies with games don't usually do very well, but it was really clever. It was very clever, yeah. Great. And they, actually, the um, the duo behind it... Uh, they won a Golden Chris Globe. And Phil. Yeah. Don't, I, I know it's Miller and Lord, but I'm not sure which one's Miller which one's Lord. They just won another Golden Globe last night for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. So. They obviously know what they're doing, and I'm very excited to see what happens in the second Yeah, movie. it's just accessible humor for kids oh. and adults. It just, yeah. it works. It's yeah. a great blending, and the animation's really cool, and uh, the voice acting's great, too. So. Yeah. There you go. Okay, next up for you, dearest. Okay, well, I have uh, Ryan Johnson's new film, Knives Out. Yes. Uh, which is coming out in November uh, 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ryan Johnson, he's so, he's such a fantastic director. Uh, he started out with Brick, you yeah. know, which was a great debut. He's a, he's really a, a great writer and a great storyteller, and, you know, he did Looper too. Just really great films. And uh, Knives Out is supposed to be, um, like, a modern take on the whodunit right. um, mystery. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan outside of, you know, Star Wars and uh, studio films, you know? Get back to his roots a bit, maybe. I, I think... We need the Star Wars. It's probably one of the most divisive Star Wars films that's come out of uh, the new trilogy, anyway, and the new reboot of Star Wars. It's I loved it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, also, I think because Brick was in like a neo noirish, yeah. Old, I think that going back to that yeah. mystery is yeah, absolutely. We're gonna see some good good stuff. Yeah, it's on my list too. But yeah, breaks it. Knives Out. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Uh, okay, my next one, I'm continuing my trend of animated films because I'm a sucker for animated films. One of my favorite films <laughs> last year that we watched, not that came out, was Coco. That was so lovely. Okay. But my next film is How to Train Your Dragon number three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, firstly, we're, we're Canadian, so when, you know, we have our fellow Canadian in that, Jay Baruchel doing a main voice, that's always, like, fun. Yeah, it's, it's always like, exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited. It looks very cute and it looks like it's going to be a lovely little heartbreaking film and uh, probably great close to what's been a, a pretty solid series. Yeah, I mean, the, the franchise. Beautiful. And the franchise itself. I mean, it, it went to television and it's really done done well for itself. Did you know it's based off a book series? 
No, I didn't. I but everything. <laughs> I think Hollywood's obsessed with IP, so mm. everything that's uh, franchisable. Oh, intellectual property. Exactly. So books. Hollywood likes books because oh, books bring audiences. So. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, this the last installment in How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, what's on my list? Oh, I have um, Us, which is uh, Jordan Peele's follow-up to uh, Get Out. And I had the good fortune of catching a, an early a little trailer for it a few days ago, and it is so creepy. It is. It's wacky. It's scary. It's meta <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks like it's gonna be a great film a great follow-up he's really uh from someone who came from a comedic background you know he's really excelling at uh at the horror genre so yeah i'm looking forward to that to seeing that it's uh, lupita nyong'o and uh winston duke winston duke right who was in black panther well they're both in black yeah. panther and uh elizabeth moss yeah elizabeth moss is in it as well so that's gonna be uh exciting to see it will be if you like horror movies yes <laughs> i try to watch horror actually we're watching the haunting of hill house right now and oh. it's creeping me out it is so it's good it's so fantastic so good i don't mind horror movies if they have some sort of they're more than just horror films slasher you don't like slasher I horror slasher yeah but not that i've ever watched a slasher film but i just know i would not like a slasher film but yeah that's definitely something to keep an eye on yeah uh, okay, my next one is Chaos Walking, which is an adaptation of The Knife of Never Letting Go, Patrick Ness's series, Chaos Walking. Okay. I just read the first yes. book. It's been reading it like two days ago. And you were upset. I was so upset. <laughs> you were sitting on the couch across from so me, upset. and you were like, nope. No. no, he did it again. No. Uh, if, I, Patrick Ness is probably very famous also for writing a monster calls, uh, but... The Knife from Never Letting Go is very different, and the tr- I haven't read the last two books, but it's very dystopian, why sci-fi, and it's really fascinating, and I think it does a really great job of the, exploring the uh, human experience of uh, when it's right to kill, and, and things like that, so. But the adaptation itself, it was filmed in Montreal, Quebec, mostly. Oh, so that's, that's cool. really exciting. What? Um, but the cast is Tom Holland, who's famous mm-hmm. for playing Spider-Man yeah. right now, and Daisy Ridley, who's famous okay. for playing Rey in Star Wars, and Matt Michelson, who's wow. just, like, famous for everything. Also so, in Star Wars. Also well, in St- yes, Rogue One. Yeah, in Rogue One. He's yeah. in Rogue One. He also Hannibal, obviously, and many other things. So, it's such a great cast, and the book was really, I, I, I was very impressed by the ending of it. Yes, something happened that I did not like. I never like when those sorts of things happen, but I won't say anymore. But yeah, so that's Chaos Walking. Um, okay, so next on my list is uh, Dee Rees' next film. Uh, Dee Rees, who uh, most recently uh, directed Mudbound, uh, which was an excellent film. Um, really, I highly recommend you watch it. Um, is it still up on Netflix? I think it is. I think it is. And this one as well, uh, it's called The Last Thing He Wanted, and that is also um, being distributed, um, I believe, by Netflix. And uh, it's uh, it's a a bit of a departure from the uh, from the uh, themes of uh, Mudbound. It's about a journalist, an American journalist, uh, during the nineteen eighty four U S presidential election, who has to leave her job to uh, take care of her uh, dying father, I believe. 
and it's with Anne Hathaway oh. and Willem Dafoe. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it should be good. And uh, I'm really excited. I think she's a really promising director, and, uh, yeah. We need, we need more light shed on the female directors who are coming. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Who've been around for a while, but they seem to never get nominated for anything, or mm-hmm. they never seem to get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what I loved about Mudbound, and which is why I'm excited about the last thing he wanted, is she, she really gets in touch with character. I think she's really great at... Um, you know, exploring character relations in her films, and, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. That sounds really yeah. good. I'm very excited. It's a great cast, too. Mm-hmm. Next one on my list is Dumbo. Dumbo! <laughs> Tim Burton! Tim Burton! Oh, so much love for Tim Burton in this room. It's also really great, because it's a, it's a reunion for Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, and Danny DeVito, so yeah. that's exciting. I feel like Tim Burton is my spirit animal, in a way. <laughs> he's so wonderful uh, he he creates such wonderful mm-hmm. stories and such wonderful characters and i've seen the trailer for dumbo now and i already was crying during it so i know i'm gonna be like tear fest and i'm not always a fan of them always making live action yeah. reboots of these old classic films but i think if you take it take one and give it to someone who has an auteurish vision like tim burton yeah absolutely there's some value in that and, and you know what you're gonna get from it it's- yeah it's gonna be dark and it's gonna be emotional and yeah it's gonna be wonderful yeah. also love that colin farrell and emma green are in and they're yes. two of my favorites so it's something yeah. to be excited for coming out yeah, in march absolutely I all right so next on my list is uh wendy which is the next film of ben uh, zeitlin who did uh, beast of the southern wild oh. which was critically acclaimed back in i think it was 2011 it came out but uh so wendy is his a new film so I mean Beast of the Southern Wild was just so beautifully shot and um just magical you know the, really a magical film and uh, so I'm excited so Wendy is about uh, a young girl who's kidnapped and taken to uh, a hidden ecosystem where there's this type of pollen that breaks the link between aging and time it's oh, wow. kind of you know fantastical and supernatural and um, oh. I'm wondering if it's well, I mean, it's a riff probably off of Peter Pan, you know, um, oh, yes. playing off of the of aging themes and yeah. childhood. And that makes sense. So I'm excited. Anything Ben Zeitlin makes is magic, so I'm looking forward to that. Sounds Wendy. really good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, my next one. I feel so... Chelsea's there like, this one, which is full of these themes and this <laughs> one, and I'm like, blockbuster, blockbuster! Oh, no. <laughs> But you write, and I I write scripts, I and I, I make short films, and I'm really, I'm a big movie buff. Thanks, <laughs> I'm like say for it, Shazam. Shazam? <laughs> Look, I can't help myself. It's actually heavy, and I love. We him. love him. I Chuck was one of my favorite TV shows. I used to. Here's a little fun fact: when we were younger, one one Lent, we gave up watching TV. And then yes. we never watched TV again. Like, for some reason, no, after we that didn't. Month, our, we missed all these shows we just, we that kids our age anything. are watching. Yeah. And then I remember my first year of Seja, I started to watch shows like There Was No Tomorrow. And the first two I really started to fall in love with were Chuck and Doctor Who. Mm. So Chuck has a very special place in my heart. And I just, I'm so glad that Zach's taking on a main role. And it looks like a fun film. Yeah. So I'm excited for Shazam. <laughs> Sue me. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like, like really Zach as too. well. Yeah. yeah, and just like very quickly for any of you who don't know, but this it's a superhero movie about a young boy who, when he says Shazam, becomes a grown man who is still a kid in heart. So, yeah. you know, it's 
and be Zach making lots of goofy things, and that's just wonderful. So, yeah. yeah. What is your next <laughs> no, profound well, film? <laughs> no, following off of the, you know, uh, the comedy genre, uh, there's Taika Waititi's new film. Oh, Taika! Which is, yeah, Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is about a young boy in Hitler's army who finds out that his mother is uh, harboring a, a Jewish person yes. in her home. So, uh, or a Jewish boy, I believe, a young yeah. boy in her home. So this is going to be very fun. Gosh. Taika is writing, directing, and acting in it as well, and... He's just comedy gold. He yeah. Is. I I still haven't watched what we what we do in the shadows. Oh my god, to. it's so funny. Mockumentary about vampires I know, I living in an apartment it. together. I need to watch it. It's hilarious. It's good for laughs. Okay, my next one. It's Avengers Endgame. Now Chelsea's looking. For I'm not excited like, for this. You silly fool. This is an overwrought. <laughs> I know it's overwrought. <laughs> Overdone. I need. I'm so exhausted franchise. I need conclusion. I need fine. I need finality and I need this series to be over and done with and I'm excited to see what happens, okay? (laughs) I will not probably follow along with the rest of the Marvel universe. I'm not very interested in Captain Marvel. Obviously, it did not make my list. Mm -hmm. Um, And I probably won't keep watching films um, but I am excited to see the conclusion to this one and, you know, to see Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth It's a nostalgic thing too, it's right? Because it's, it's, it's like a de- it's so it's a decade in the making, Over right? A decade now. Yeah. I think ten years was last year. So mm. just Disney did a really fascinating thing by taking this Marvel universe, and they managed to do it well enough that it's yeah. spawned this many films and will continue to spawn and many films. So far, no one's been able to successfully replicate what they've done. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's very impressive yeah. when you think about the marketing and. And the production team. It's very impressive. But don't worry, I have no more superhero films. <laughs> I'm not averse to superhero films. I just, I'm tired of of the Marvel You're universe. You're averse to media conglomerate. Yes, of superhero films. I'm averse to uh, Disney <laughs> becoming very close to a monopoly and uh, yeah. yeah, a monopoly studios. So okay, what's your next one? <laughs> okay, uh, my next one is okay. So this is a director, and I've been following her work. Um, for like 10 years now. Oh, like and I've been Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her name is Joanna Hogg, and it's her uh, latest, her latest film is called The Souvenir. Um, and yeah, she's, uh, she's done mostly independent work that I don't think has been, uh, seen by many people, but The Souvenir is going to be distributed by A24. Really so, great. you know, that's exciting for me, I, I hope. Um, she gets before a wider audience, yeah. and I know that uh, it's a film with. I don't know much about the film, but I know uh, Tilda Swinton is in it, so she has. Sold. Uh, yeah, sold right, um, and yeah, so I'm I'm excited to to see what what her next what this film's about, and and uh, I'm really excited that she's uh, getting more light shone on her work, and uh, yeah. Since uh, you mentioned that you've watched her films, which is your favorite of hers so far? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think, well, it's a toss-up between Unrelated and Archipelago. Um, She's great. She's just, it's a very, she's a very, she's just very stripped-down techniques, you know. She's very low-budget and uh, very simple, and she kind of just lets her actors exist and create um, in her frame, in the frame of her camera. So 
you know, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what she does with a you know a bigger cast, yeah. um, a wider distribution platform, obviously a higher budget as well, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what she does. Like we were talking about earlier, it's great that there's so many female filmmakers who are coming out with films this year. I haven't really mentioned any because I'm silly. <laughs> but uh, I have one coming up that's a female filmmaker, but again, that just goes to show that my poor little blockbuster self. But it's really like you, it's incredible because you have more indie films, and there are a lot more female filmmakers in mm. that area. But I'm um, I've watched a lot more. No, no, but I'm just saying like it's just very telling that blockbuster films don't have that. Oh diversity. no, there's so much though in, in yeah. the indie uh, sphere. Yeah. Okay, so my next film is Rocket Man. Oh my god, yes, I'm excited yes, for this. Right? Yeah. We saw the trailer when we went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. It's so, it's like a splash yeah. of color and music and magic. So it's, it's yeah. basically a biopic about Elton John with Taron Egerton, and the director is actually the director who picked up Bohemian Rhapsody. Originally. After Brian Singer oh, okay. was, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just looks so whimsical and surrealist. Yeah. And I know Elton John has given his stamp of approval, so I'm I'm all for musical biopics, anything that has Absolutely. music in it, and it looks really wonderful. So, very excited for that. Yeah, that's no, Rocket Man. Yeah, we saw a trailer recently, and it looks yeah, it looks like yeah. it's gonna be a great film. Oh, yeah, absolutely, lots of fun. Okay, so my next film uh-huh. is um, The Laundromat, which is Steven Soderbergh's new film. Okay. And I know that Soderbergh is, he has his hits and misses, you know. He's probably best known for the Oceans uh, films. Oh, yes. Um, but my favorite film of his is The Limey, which is an earlier film. Um, but yeah, he, he's an interesting director. He's a director who who keeps saying he'll retire but never does. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, so, you love those people? Like, yeah. This is my last film ever. Yeah, but uh, he also did uh, Logan Lucky most recently okay. and Unsane, which is... Uh, oh. uh, is it on Netflix? I think it's... It might Could be. be. I'm not I, sure. Logan Lucky's on Crave. Yeah. And he, he's very diverse. He, like, he did Magic Mike. Right. You know, he's the informant. Oh, wow. he's, I, had, I, I, I admire that he he's not... Um, contained by any genre that he just he makes whatever movie he wants to make you know he's not uh stuck in a box so yeah so the laundromat is his his new film uh, also about journalists so that might be a a common theme in 2019 Uh, journalism i think especially in the climate of the states where journalists are constantly under attack and uh, their integrity is constantly questioned so i mean it could be uh, a theme we see in novels and in cinema um covering journalism and shining a light on on the great that they do so and so Meryl Streep Gary Oldman so boom boom sold <laughs> well Meryl Streep recently did the post too which was the yes, also journalism. About yeah. journalism so that's interesting yeah so the laundromat very interesting do you know what period of time it covers with the uh, like um, where it has to do with um, the Panama Papers in the 1970s oh, okay. the leaked Panama Papers in the 1970s which happened in 2015. The papers from the 19, the 1970s Panama Papers oh, were leaked in 2015, right. and I think this film covers um, covers a story behind that. Okay. So, yeah. Definitely one so, to look out for. Yep, absolutely. My next pick is also about journalists. No, it's, not. <laughs> it's not. It's about men in black. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's yes. true. I forgot about yes, that. Men in Black International with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson yeah. rejoining after doing Thor Ragnarok, directed mm-hmm. by Taika Waititi. So there's yeah. a bit of overlap, and um, I'm very excited for this film. It yeah. looks wonderful, and Emma Thompson's in it, and Liam Neeson. So it's a really strong cast, and I love Tessa Thompson so much. And it looks like it's going to be hilarious and a really great reboot of a franchise yeah. that did really well. So I'm very excited to see this one as well. Yeah, hope I mean, hopefully it does well, right? We always have these yeah. concerns when you're rebooting, you know, a classic yeah. franchise. And, but, I mean, the team behind it and the cast seem great, yeah. so... And it's international, yeah. so I think it's set in Europe. It's set around Europe, okay. primarily okay. London. So mm-hmm. that's also interesting. They're obviously taking that where you sort of either you're, you're gender swapping which you're kind of also doing here because Tessa Thompson is stepping into like Will Smith's role right, in the okay. original film um, and also changing locations to make it a bit more fresh so mm-hmm. yeah definitely the f- original trilogy did really well yeah. um, so I'll be excited to see what happens with this one cool absolutely That's Men in Black International uh, right so my next film is uh, called The Lighthouse oh. um, this is directed by Robert Eggers um, Robert Eggers is the uh, mastermind behind The Witch oh, from 2015, yes. which is, was massively well-received. Um, really, he did such an admirable job. He really created such a comprehensive world, and uh, I really admire this guy. I think he's a great director. I'm really looking forward to The Lighthouse, especially because he decided to shoot it in black and white. And I am a big fan of black and white because film is all about light and I don't believe color is necessary to film. I think black and white is is, um, is underappreciated yeah. and, and you can really show off your 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 technique, your filming techniques and your lighting techniques when something is shot in black and white. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's a dark fantasy horror with Willem Dafoe again and uh, Robert Pattinson as well is in it. So, uh, Willem does I'm, a lot of films. Yeah, he's very diverse, isn't he? He's, it's a very uh, interesting film. I remember a few years ago he did the uh, Florida Project. The Florida Project, yeah. yeah. He did Wes Anderson's film, right? right? Yeah. Um, he did yeah. superhero movies. He does everything. Yeah, he does Willem Dafoe, he's a really interesting actor. So is this a horror film also? It is, it's a dark fantasy horror film. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, it's in Nova Scotia. No, I don't think it's set in Nova Scotia. I really said Nova Scotia. <laughs> I think he's... I believe it's set in Massachusetts, um, just like The Witch was set in Massachusetts. Okay. I think he has very strong roots there uh, in terms of, you know, like, the history of Salem and, and Boston being so rich and this history of witchcraft and horror. And uh, it might have been filmed in Nova Maybe. Scotia, perhaps. Maybe faith just made a mistake. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it takes place in Massachusetts. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see his follow-up. I need to find the bravery to watch The Witch. Yeah, it's great. It's it's, it's not Netflix. so much scary as it's atmospheric. Right. And I think the best yeah. horror films are atmospheric. I will try. Yeah. I will try. <laughs> watch it on a small screen. It'll be okay. <laughs> I will try. Okay. Me again? Mm-hmm. More blockbusters from Faith? <laughs> Toy Story 4 is coming out this year. Oh my god. I get so nervous every time they add a number to a Toy Story film. Just, I, how many times can they get it right? <laughs> every time. Every time, right? It's about a toy that has an existential crisis. I mean, yeah. a toy having an existential crisis. Yeah. What is this? 
Also, Key and Peel have a role in it, so that's very exciting. Right. So, yeah. Jordan's having a great year again. Yeah. I uh, know. I'm just excited. I, it, it's just, it's just, I, I also am of the belief that after a certain point, series yeah. and franchises should know to end. And I'm also of the belief that, yes, bring it all on. I know. I feel like I, we care so much about it. I, I just, know. I would be destroyed if it failed <laughs> in any way. I also hope that with the time it takes to make it. Yeah. That there must be enough passion and enough Thought. care yeah. for it that it must be good enough because otherwise mm-hmm. you wouldn't do it, right? Yeah. You wouldn't. They're they're not a franchise that's setting out a film every year, mm-hmm. every three months. You know, yeah. there there's uh, they're obviously putting enough attention into what their story is and making sure they have a story to tell. So yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see them one last time, and again. I hope it is one last time because I don't know how many times I can see toys go through a garbage compactor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, my next film mm-hmm. is called Parasite, oh, which is a uh, no. It's a drama film. It's okay. uh, from South Korea. It's by uh, the director Jun Ho Bong, okay. who did uh, Okja and was it Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. I couldn't remember the name. I was about to say Nightcrawler, but that's a Jake Gyllenhaal film. Gyllenhaal. So yeah, he's the director of Okja and Snowpiercer. And this one is, it's basically just a a family drama about two families that are worlds apart. And uh, I don't know much about the film, but I am a fan of uh, June and uh, yeah, look forward to, uh, to watching it. It seems like a change from him because Snowpiercer is an action thriller and yeah. Okja 2 is a bit of a dark... Yeah, they're kind of alternate realities yeah. as well. So yeah, rather different. Yeah. But he, he does, I mean, he also did The Host, which is this great horror film right. as well. And, uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I think this one... Yeah, you're right. It appears to be, to what I can see, it appears to be really just grounded in reality right. and is like a family drama. Right. So, yeah. Oh, we'll cool. see. We'll see how it goes. Very but. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great director. I'm excited to see it. Uh, my next film is The Lion King. Oh, yes. I have, again, I, I have a really complex relationship, complicated relationship with yeah. live reboots. I don't I'm know. I'm going to say it here because Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney film, and I thought they botched the adaptation. Oh, we won't talk more about that because we could probably spend hours arguing. No, my opinion on that is it was poorly done. Yeah. I know it, it was... When you go to watch a movie, it was entertaining, it was enjoyable, it was cute, yeah. but I think they really missed missed on a, a great opportunity. Especially when Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do Beauty and the Beast. Oh, God. Let's not talk about okay, what it could have been. <laughs> but again, The Lion King was, one of the, was the first film I ever saw in theaters. Yes. And I love it so much. And I'm hopeful it'll be a decent adaptation. Um... I John struggle. Favreau did a great job with the Jungle Book. Yeah, but I struggle with labeling it as a live action. I know, because it's not live. It's not. It's CGI animation. The Jungle Book at least had Mowgli, but, yeah. but Lion King I don't doesn't s- have anyone. It's not a live it's action. It's really funny. Someone made a comment when the trailer came out. They said, I was expecting them to be walking out with, like, animals on their heads. Yeah. Like the way the Broadway does it. Yeah. Which would, have been, which would be a very interesting choice. And which would be live action. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's not really live action, but um, the, the animation looks fantastic. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll be excited to watch it to see what it is, but I know myself, I'll probably just always default to the original. Yeah. So, yeah, that's The Lion King. Yeah, that's a hard thing when it's a childhood. It's a beloved film from childhood. It's yeah. tough to 
you know, I'm a, I'm to judge fairly. For punishment, so yeah. bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's watch Mufasa die again. <laughs> Do you have another film on your list? Do you? I have one last film. Okay. I which have is... Uh, when we share. Yes, which is the only blockbuster that I made know. my list. Gosh darn it. <laughs> okay, I'll have two more really quickly. Okay. Another animated film, Frozen 2. Uh-huh. Yay! More Elsa and Anna. I hear speculation that Elsa's going to have Kate. Reindeers are better than people. <laughs> Uh, I, I believe that they have a queer storyline set for Elsa. Oh, really? Which would be really wonderful if they do because, you know, there needs to be more queer representation in film. And Absolutely. Especially through something as big as Disney that has the audience for it. So that would be exciting, but I also really love Frozen. It's a story about sisters. And mm-hmm. I have a sister I love somewhere. Yeah. Oh, there she is. It was fun. I remember watching the first one in, in theaters. I cried like a baby yeah. in the first five minutes. They got me. That film got so, me. I'm excited to see what they do with this one. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other film I have, the last one, which is, I guess it's a big studio film, but it's not blockbuster. It's Little Women, which is right. Greta's yes. film. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Greta Gerwig, who directed Lady Bird most recently. Uh-huh. And she's doing an adaptation of Little Women with... Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, yes, Florence Pugh, yeah, Florence Pugh, and someone else, and I can't remember. Well, oh, Timothy and, Chalamet. Yes, I know Timothy Chalamet and Meryl mm-hmm. Streep playing Mrs. March. Um, so, and Little Women is one of my favorite classics, and I mean, we both love the adaptation yeah. with um, Winona Ryder and mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Yeah, uh, but. I'm hoping, and there's been so many adaptations of The Little Women lately because I believe it's celebrating a big I think, anniversary. Yeah, I think there's one actually coming out in 2019 yeah. as well. And there's a TV around, series too. It's, it's supposed to be released around Christmas time, I think, but modernized, a yeah. modernized retelling. There are many of them popping up, and there are books coming out this year too about the mm-hmm. uh, the March sisters, I believe. So there's a lot that they're capping in on because it's an anniversary year. But, I mean, I love Greta Gerwig. I think she yeah. did a great job with... Lady she, Gerwig. I mean, if anyone's suited to um, handle a movie about young girls, yeah. it's Greta, because she's proven that she can really tap into right. something relatable for young girls. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm hopeful, yeah. you know, I'm hopeful for it. Might as well. Um, I, but I, I am, as well, also always reluctant about yeah. adaptations that are perhaps overly adapted. That's always a problem. Yeah. Um, There's room for freshness, you know. Lady Bird yeah. was so fresh, and I'm I'm just worried that she'll get criticism for not giving it a fresh enough spin. But my, I I hope very or if much. Or you can like diversify the cast. Like yeah. you have to you have to take it and really spin it on its head, change it from what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Last film. But we love Greta, and we yeah, hope here. for the best, and we will check it out when it comes out in theaters. Oh, yes. Okay, let's go to the last film. You go ahead. What was your one blockbuster? The only say? film that made it on my list that yes. is a blockbuster is. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine, the only one, no Marvel films, no franchise comedy films. But it's Disney. <laughs> I know it's Disney, but Star Wars made my list. It is, uh, yeah. It made we know my list. virtually nothing about this. No, they really kept it under wraps. No yeah. trailers yet. No promos yet. No. Really, I think I think really they're. Uh, it's. <laughs> I find it very amusing because Star Wars is biggest competitor to break records this year is Avengers. So Disney is competing against itself yes. for, you know, biggest uh, blockbuster release of the year. Which I'm, you think it'll be? I'm on the Star Wars side. I'm I believe I believe it will be Avengers. 
because so it's good. more current. Um, it's, you know, it's it was more accessible to young kids, probably, and uh, I do think the Avengers will beat out Star Wars. My hope is that Star Wars will take it, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I wonder if it also has to do with, like, release date, right? So mm -hmm. Avengers is coming out in May, yeah. and Star Wars is coming out in December, and December people are busy with the holidays, yeah. and there might not always be as much time to go see it right away, but I, I also hope that Star Wars... I mean, these are, like, yeah, and these are two films closing massive franchises, and, uh... Yeah, Disney's gonna devour the international box office this year. It's uh, it's gonna be quite impressive to see. Yeah, I'm very excited for this one as well. JJ Abrams yeah. is back to direct it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, virtually know nothing about it. Yeah, I'm not happy JJ's back at it. I know that when he uh, handled the first one, he had his vision for where it would end up, and yeah. it's it's nice to see that he's given the opportunity to close it. But it would also be nice to see some ladies get in there, oh. get in on some directing action. Well, Oh, this is something interesting. There's a second director, second unit director, yeah. who's a black woman. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I found this out. <laughs> I learned this. I learned something, and I tell you something that you already know. The second unit directors, they, they actually direct things on their own. Yes, they do. They do, like, inserts. Yes, they or, do. Like, and I was like, what? I didn't know that. So they actually have, like, some Absolutely. independent control well, of shots. when Peter Jackson was shooting Lord of the Rings, his second unit director was Andy, Andy Serkis, Serkis yeah. who shot a lot of great great stuff yeah so yeah second year directors uh they have to kind of follow in the style of their director yeah. but i mean they do they do call the shots for uh, a lot of the uh a lot of filming elements so yeah okay well i think i think that's it for, for now i believe so okay Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I was happy to be here. I, I so feel a little bad time. that I didn't participate so much with the books. No, I you brought it with the movies. Yeah. I'm just listing all the blog posts and everything else. <laughs> you're like, people, look out for these little films that you're not going to hear yeah, about. Yeah, there's a lot of great, great stuff coming out. So yeah. A lot of great indie films, too. So a lot of great Especially stuff. if you're a bit tired of repetitive formulas with franchise films and big studio films, then uh, check out these, uh, these indies. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening and joining us today. Uh, let us know in the comments what your most anticipated movie or book of 2019 is. We'd love to hear it. As always, you could leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It goes a long way to helping other people find this podcast. And have a great week, everyone. May inspiration flow like ink upon your quill. In the pages oh, of a book, we 